Thank you for that, and thank you for being here this morning. Again, on Father's Day, thank you for that. The message is not specifically uh, geared towards fathers. I want to preach something that will help all of us. But again, uh, fathers, thank you for being here, and thank you for uh, what you do for your families. I don't think you understand how important that really is. The things we do sometimes, it's just silly things, right? It's like, but you don't understand what an impact you can have on your children. By the way, I love the children that were singing. Uh, last night, some of our family was over, and Levi was at the house, and we were messing around. I'm like, man, Levi, I don't know a, I don't know a song for fathers. He goes, I know one. And I'm like, sing it. I didn't know they were singing this morning. He sang that whole song right there. I thought, okay, just, it kept going on and on. I'm like, all right, he does know a song about fathers. So God bless him, man. And he has the voice I'll never have. So there you go. I want us to look at something, uh, a truth from Job, and I'll apply it to our lives this morning. And I, I want us to, to get it. You know, um, all of us go through times in our life where, where, where it seems like things are just really going well, right, at good times. I mean, it's just like, man, everything, everything we're doing, it's just, it just seems to be working, and, and there's no problems right now, and everything's wonderful. By the way, it's easy, to, it's easy to go forward when that's true, right? It's easy to just like, okay, man, this, this, I got this thing figured out. Well, maybe, maybe you do have it figured out, but the test of who you are comes when things aren't going well. That really tells you a lot more about yourself than when things are going well. And by the way, I, if I have to choose, I choose to have things go well. But I've learned a lot more uh, when things weren't going well. Even the best of people have issues and things don't go well. Probably the greatest inventor of all time was Thomas Edison. We all know he invented thousands of things. There's probably things you use today you don't realize he invented it. It seems like everything he, he touched turned to gold. But you realize that early in his career, he thought it would be a really good idea to, make fun, uh, to, to have a business making furniture out of, are you ready? Concrete. He thought it will last forever. And people will want this. Well, he found out that people preferred comfort. Okay? He decided he found a way to make houses out of concrete. Can I finish the story? Because you may not like this part. The issue wasn't the concrete. The issue was the forms to build to put the house on cost way more than an average house would, would cost, and you can only use them one time. And so that business, it, that business flopped. Now, fortunately, he had someone else take it over, and uh, it became Portland concrete. You probably have heard of Portland. But one time, he had this factory where they would do all of their work, and they, would, uh, and they would do all of their creative thinking, all these things, and it burned to the ground. And as it was burning, his 20-something-year-old son came, and his dad's watching the fire. And he thought, I better go talk to dad. Dad's going to be discouraged. And he walked up to Thomas Edison and stood next to him. He goes, hey, son, go get your mom. She needs to see this because she's never going to see a fire like this ever again. <laughs> and his son was like, excuse me? And he told him, he goes, look, he goes, I'm 60-something years old. We'll rebuild. Well, I'm not going to let the, And by the way, he didn't even have the money to rebuild. He had to borrow it from uh, Henry Ford. The problem was, we look at that guy, and it's like, man, this guy, this guy, everything he, 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 he touched turned to gold. But the fact of the matter, he was like everybody else. He had problems and made mistakes as well. Yep. And the, the issue I want to get, and the thing I want us to see today as we look at briefly at the life of Job is, how do we respond when things don't go well? 
I'm going to tell you how we can figure that out. What kind of person are you when things are going well? That's going to determine what you are when things go bad. I want us to see that from the book of Job today. Job, we know, is uh, one of the earliest books written in the Old Testament. In chapter 1, we're introduced to Job. And we find out two things about Job. First of all, he was very, very blessed by God. He was a very, very, very wealthy man. Uh, we think of wealth today as in finances and this type of thing. Stock, uh, having stock, cattle, and land and that thing, that was their primary, that was their primary uh, source of, uh, of wealth back in those days, and he had a lot of it. We also see that he was a, a uh, of course, he also had a great family. But secondly, he was a godly man. The Bible tells us four things about him. He was mature, he was righteous in the way he lived, he feared God, and he hated evil. By the way, those are, Phil, four really good qualities to have. In fact, Job was such a good man, think about this. God bragged on Job to Satan. Can you imagine that? You read the story, Satan's hanging around and he comes up to see God. And God's like, hey, by the way, since you're here, have you thought about this guy Job? And God tells him how wonderful Job is. For Job, everything, if you read this first passage here, everything is going well. But you know that the story takes a turn. Satan makes some accusations and, and God allows for some tragic events to happen in Job's life. Job goes from having everything to losing everything. And then to make it worse, he has his friends show up. And it seemed like a good plan to encourage them. And everything went well for a week because the guys kept their mouths shut. And then when they opened their mouth, all they did was criticize them. And he had to deal with that. But when we think of Job and when the world, even people that aren't Christians think of Job, what's the one word that comes to their mind? Patience, right? The patience of Job. Can I just tell you something? The patience of Job was not shown during the time everything was going well. The patience of Job was shown when things took a turn for the worse. Now, we need to understand this in our life. Storms are a part of life. Someone has said you are either uh, coming out of a storm, you are going through a storm, or you have just escaped a storm. Or you're ready to get, it's like storms are just it. You're either ready to go into one, you are in one, or you just came out of one. It's just life, and it's just whether you're saved or not, that's just how it is. The point is, we must be ready when things are going well. And if we are, we'll be ready when things take a turn. If the only time you have joy in life is when everything is going well, then you are setting yourselves up for a fall, and you are setting yourselves up for misery. And we don't want to do that. So as we look at this story briefly this morning, I want us to learn a couple truths from Job about what we should be thinking when everything is going well. Here's the first one. First of all, there are some accusations we must deny very faithfully. You see, as, as God commends Job to Satan, Satan is going to start picking away at that and making some accusations as to why Job is a good guy. 
They are related to, to Job's motives for serving God. In other words, he's going to question Job and question his motives for serving God to prove what God said about Job as being false. I have seen this in life as well. Many times people are fine with serving God as long as they're in good times, but, as, but when, the first, uh, when the first thing comes to upset that, they bail on God. They, they, they step away from God. It affects their spiritual life, and the next thing you know, they cannot be found. We're going to look at some of these accusations, and my point is, don't let these accusations that Job is going to hear be true in our lives. What were the accusations? He said that Job was only serving for personal reasons. Look at chapter 1 and verse 9. We did not read that. We only read the good part of the story. Now let's get to the bad part of the story. Verse 9, he goes, Then Satan answered and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? He goes, does Job fear God for nothing? In other words, is there no reason, is there not a, a, a personal reason that Job serves God? Not a spiritual reason, a personal reason. Job is saying that God is not serving God, Job is not serving God because he loves him and it's the right thing to do, but because it's, it's because of what he gets from God. Now listen to that for a minute. He says, Job isn't doing it because he's like, I love God and I just want to, he's doing it because it's good for him. He's benefiting from it and he's going to tell him the second he stops benefiting from it, Job will turn on you and spit in your eye. In other words, he wasn't serving God for God. He was serving God for self. There is, there is a true, let me say this before I, I, I make the point. There is a true element in that, though. The true element is when you serve God, things do go better. Things are better. Doesn't mean you don't have problems. Everybody has problems. But you know what? You can get through the problems, and you have help during the problems when you're on God's side. So I'm not going to get up here and say, boy, you serve God, you'll never have a problem. I'd be a liar. And by the way, if you hear preachers that say that stuff, that's nonsense. I can give you names of those guys. Don't listen to them. They're on the television, on the radio, and, and they're the ones that, you know, oh, you know, you should never get sick if you're, if you're, if you're a Christian. They might want to read the Bible. You should be wealthy. They might want to read the Bible. And by the way, that kind of preaching only works in America. It doesn't work around the world. So I would be lying to you and setting you up for a fall if I didn't say that sometimes problems come. But let me just say this. Regardless of whether things are good, bad, or indifferent, if, you're, if God's with you, it's always going to be better than it should be. Okay? So there is an element in there. But let me just say this. Let's not just serve God because the good times are rolling. Ask yourself, why do you serve God? And I'm good. I'm all in on the blessings. Take them in. But don't make that your primary, your primary uh, uh, motivation for serving God. You ought to just say, listen, whatever God gives me, I'm in on that. That's great. But I'm serving him regardless. I know that there are some people who will only go to church because of what they get out of it. And that's not necessarily wrong as long as it's not the only reason. I, I love going to church. I do. And maybe you say, well, you, you have to come to church. You know, you get paid to come to church. Uh, well, I don't get paid to come to church. I get paid for my job. But I, I came to church long before I got a penny. I've been, I've been going to church since I was uh, 17 when I made a decision. I'm in on God. And, and, and I love it. 
Not just the other, I've been fortunate to be a part of great churches, and I think of all the churches I've been a part of, don't tell anybody, this one's the best. And it's not because of me. I was going to say it's because of you, but I'm looking at some of you, I'm like, i got to question that. I love church. Don't get me wrong. I'm blessed every time I come, but I don't just come because I'm blessed. And I'm not just going to serve God because there are some good things about it. I'm going to serve God regardless. See? Is that the only reason you come? Here's how you can figure out if that's, do you only come to church? You know, you think church is optional in your life? It shouldn't be. I'm going to be here whether I feel like it or not. Now, uh, the majority of the time I feel like it. Say, Pastor, is there ever times you don't feel like coming to church? Yeah. It's like, man, I'd rather stay home tonight, right? I don't, look, the alarm clock doesn't go off, and I'm like, praise God. It's time to get up. I'm like, where's the snooze button? And I don't want a 10-minute snooze, snooze, amen? I want a two-hour snooze, okay? You know, if you're like me, sometimes you wake up at night. I, I, maybe it's just me, right? And you wake up, and it's like, oh, I don't want to look at the clock. And you look at the, right, it's like two feet from my head. And I'm like, oh, good, it's only 3.30. You got so many hours left. Let's go. How many of you like that? Have you ever thought, man, it can't be that late? And then you look at it, it's like, oh, what, what happened? Okay, I'm just the only one. You can tell. It, your church attendance, your giving, your serving, the changes in your life that you want God to make. If you're not willing to do those type of things, maybe you're just in it for what God is doing in your life. You just want the good times. He made another accusation. Look at verse 10. He said, hast thou, this is Satan speaking, right? By the way, Satan is just, you understand, he's an accuser and he's a liar. Hast thou, hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? You know what he said? Job, Job served him for protection reasons. There was a benefit to serving God. It protected him from a lot of nonsense. And by the way, I will say this. There is a protection that comes from serving God. There is. By the way, do you know sin is detrimental? Do you know not following the Bible brings some consequences? And you know what happens? When you follow the Bible, you bypass all of those. See, we think this, well, God's looking up in heaven. If I sin, he's looking to, he's looking to step on me or he's looking to, 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 to uh, uh, discipline me. No, he's not. That's the worst case scenario when we won't get back to God. But you know, what, you know what God's trying to do? Protect us from the things that we would do that have built-in consequences. God doesn't have to punish us for these things. The things that the Bible tells us not to do are just not good for us. Now, yes, they're an offense to God, but they're not good for us. So there is a protection there. But although there are protections, there is no guarantee that we will not be touched, as I mentioned. You, may, you will still get sick. You will still experience loss. You will still get down. You will still get mistreated. Don't blame God for that. Trust him during those times. And he's just saying, you know what? That's the only reason Job's serving you is because you've made everything perfect. You've built this wall around his life and nothing can get in and touch him. Let that not be true of our life. Understand that when things that are negative that can come, it is only because of God we can get through them. And then he makes another one. Continuing on in verse 10. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. He said, Job's only serving you for prosperity reasons. I mean, come on. 
He's finding, you're, you've blessed him. Every work that he does, his hands are blessed. He is profitable. He is making money. Now, I understand this. Whether or not you make money, God takes care of you. Contentment's very important, by the way. 1 Timothy 6 8 says, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. By the way, if you're not content with the way God's taking care of you, you're not focusing on, you're focusing on what you don't have instead of what you do have. You're focusing on what others have instead of what God has given you. Yep. Right? We don't want to be that, be that way. God will meet our needs. And let me say this, that's, this is part of the reason stewardship is important. See, sometimes the reason we struggle with our finances is we don't handle the money God has given us correctly. We want so much, you know, sometimes we have to look at our, 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 uh, our, our checkbook and say, well, wait, I don't have enough money for that. If you do have at it, have a really good time. But be very careful. Sometimes we're short because we're not giving back to him. The point is, God gives us what, he need, what we need. And Satan's like, well, if God's taking care of you and that's the only reason you're serving him, then there's a problem there. And then he just steps back and here's what he says in verse 11. He's saying basically that God, if it weren't for these things and you took them from Job, he wouldn't serve you at all. Look at verse 11. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he has. He will curse thee to your face. Is there anything that if it didn't go well in your life would cause you to quit loving and serving God? Think about that for a minute. Because if there's one thing that didn't go well and you walked away from God, you're really not that close to him in the first place. You're just along for the ride. I knew a guy and he was following this faith doctrine and where you're supposed to be rich and he'd come to church every now and then. I'm, I'm, you know, so I tell him like, these guys are false preachers but he didn't want to get it. He lost his job and was struggling financially and I went to visit him one day. He goes, you know what? I'm losing my faith. I'm like, because your faith wasn't in God. Your faith was in money. Your faith is, is in what, you, what someone told you God would give you, not in God. Number two, there are some areas if we're going to do well in the good times, preparing us for the other times, there are some areas where we must diligently fortify ourselves. You see, Satan is allowed by God to touch these things, and Job loses everything. For us today, many times we lose in the areas I'm going to mention because we are not careful during the good times, so we neglect them. We take them for granted. By the way, I guarantee you when Job lost these things, he looked back on them, and hopefully without regret, and I don't think he looked back on them regret. What areas did they lose? Verse 14. He lost in the area of his finances. Look at verse, I'm not, I won't read it, but look at verse 14, 15, 16, and 17. You can read through it. He lost all of his field. He lost all of his cattle. He lost all of his source of his finances. It was done. Now let me ask you thus, this. Um, are you taking for granted what God has given to you? Be thankful for everything that God has given to you, but don't put your trust in those things. Be thankful in any way God has prospered or blessed you, but don't put your faith in the prosperity and the blessings. See, that's what we do. That's what we do. And if our faith is in the things that God's provided for us, then our faith is not in the God who provides those things for us. And if our, and if our faith isn't in the God who provides those things, as soon as we lose those things, we lose our God. 
By the way, money is one of the few things in the Bible that's mentioned as a competing God. Most of us worship that. And if that's not, if we're not worshiping the God who has allowed us to earn our finances, who has blessed us in our finances, who takes care of us in our life, then when those things step away for a minute, we've lost our trust in God. Because our trust wasn't in God in the first place. Sometimes it's good that we have went through some tough times in our life. Right? And I look, I can, I'm not going to give the stories. My wife and I, we went through very many financial struggles in our life. And I'm glad we went through that. It just strengthened our faith in God. And if you have to go through that, that's God's opportunity to do something real in your life. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, the most misquoted verse in the Bible, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. Money is not the root of all evil. Okay, if you believe that, then, then, then bring me your money and I'll, I'll cleanse you of your evil. <laughs> you know, money's really good when you're buying something. Oh, yeah. you go, if you're going to go buy something to eat today, I don't know if you know this, they expect you to pay money. Yeah, like here, take this evil stuff from me. That's not evil. It's our attitude towards it that's evil. It's the love of it that's evil. We're supposed to love God. And it's weird how he says, and we won't spend time on it, that can stray us away from the faith. Many have erred from the faith. We talked about it. Secondly, we must fortify in the area of our family. Our family. Job lost his family, verse 18 and 19. His family was gone. His children were gone. He was just left with his wife. I'm not, that's, not a, that's not a good place for a joke right there. You know what? I don't know about you. I don't want to. I, I, I don't want to lose my family. Right. By the way, fathers, it's Father's Day. Be thankful for your family. Yeah, Be thankful for your relationships. Yeah. You know what happens when God blesses us? Sometimes we can allow that blessing to cause a distance in our families. We take them for granted. Yeah. By the way, you have those little children. <clears throat> They're only in your home for so long. Why don't you take advantage of that time? I remember, I've, you know, that song, the uh, Cats in the Cradle. How many of you know that one? It, it's, it's in the song book. It's page 523. You know, it's an old folk song where, you know, the guy, all he does is work and he doesn't have time for his, for his son. And then, and then the last part of the song, he has time for his son and his son's too busy for him. And it's like, hey, Dad, <clears throat> he's just like you, cowboy. Let's, not, let's make sure that we understand and we love our family. You know what? We talked about finances. Can I say this very, 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 very uh, uh, honestly? Most people would replace their family if they had the finances. You say, I'd never do that. I know, but you'll, you'll, you'll spend all your time over here making money to the detriment of your family. So I can get this job, and I have to work all these hours. I won't see my family, but I can super provide for them. They want you. I don't know why, but they want you. That's just an excuse so we can get another, another car. That's just an excuse so we can get something bigger or better. And I'm not opposed to you getting something bigger or better as long as you're not sacrificing your family to get there. Amen. We deceive ourselves into thinking we're working longer, making more money so we can provide for our families. But the fact of the matter is we just want a bigger and a better toy. There's no amount of prosperity that can substitute for a great family life. There's not. 
Years ago, we had, we had uh, a, a guy, he came, and he brought his, uh, his family to church, and he had his daughters, and a few of his daughters had some major struggles in their life, and they came to church for help, and they got some help. And I remember, uh, you know how it is when you have a baby here, how your Sunday school class people will bring dinners. If your Sunday school class isn't doing that, let me know. Um, by the way, they're not bringing you dinners for a year, okay, a week or two. And so we had a baby, and different families were bringing dinner over to our house, and he and his wife came, and um, so we invited him in. Hey, why don't you come on in? And we sat there. They hung around for an hour or two. We, we, we talked together. And he said, you know, I made a huge mistake with my family. I know where I went wrong with my, with my girls. He said, I, I, I started this business, and it was going well. He goes, I was working seven days a week. I was working long hours, but I had no time for them. He goes, that was my mistake. He said, but I got rid of that business, and I corrected that. Because my family's more important than any amount of money I could ever make. That's the truth. Now, here's some things that will be done. Lastly, what are some attitudes we must defend fervently? This is where we see it. Job is the right kind of guy. He gets all these accusations. Then he loses everything. Now we're going to see. Was Satan right? I mean, is that the only reason he was serving God? Well, let's figure it out. Three out of, look, at, look at, first of all, Job worshipped in all circumstances. Look at verse 20. Now, I would never sit here and say I'd be a Job. I would hope I could do this, but man, he was legit. Look at verse 20. Then Job arose after all the trouble. He lost everything. He rent his mantle. <laughs> he ripped his clothes in anguish, and he shaved his head. I'm good with that one. Some of you guys out there, can I get a witness? Hey, look, you're the best-looking guys in this church. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Um, and fell down upon the ground. All of this is done in agony. Do you understand that? This is not joyfulness. This is all because of his agony over everything he lost. And then look at the last phrase. And what was that word? Worshipped. He gave worth to God. He didn't say, what is going on? You took all my cattle. You took all my finances. I have nothing left. You took all my children, all my servants. You've taken everything. He didn't say that. Yes, he mourned. But he still worshiped God. That's next level Christianity. That shows me that Job, who was blessed, was the exact same person who now lost everything. He didn't become that person. It came out of him because it was already being built up inside of him. If he hadn't been strong in his faith for, for God when things were going well, he would not have been strong for God when things weren't going well. Do you get that? He didn't flip the switch. He never trusted the blessing. He trusted God. He never trusted what God was giving him. He trusted God. And Satan was wrong. He worshiped. I've had people before, many over the years, they'll, stop, they'll start missing church. And I'll talk to them. I'm, I'm one's coming to mind right now. And I'm like, 
what's going on? How come you've been missing? He goes, there's some problems going on in my life. There's some trials in my life, and I'll come back to church once I get through those. Can I just tell you something? They're still not here. The trials drove them away from God. They did not drive them towards God. Read James chapter 1. James, God says, I want to use what's going on in your life to, to mature you and build you up, and it's going to make you even better than you are. But it can't make you what you aren't. You get that? Yes, you'll be stronger if you get through it, but if you're already not in a good spot, it's not. It'll drive you away. You know, we always talk about pray for wisdom. Do you know what that context is? And you ought to pray for wisdom. That's written in the context of trials. Can, I get, can, can you get that? It drives us to God. And he went to God. He said, God, I'm not questioning you. He was also, I want you to look at verse 21. He still remained blessed in all of his instances. Now, now I, I don't get this. He's a far better Christian than I'll ever think to be. Verse 21. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Here we go. You ready? Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't get it. Do you? I mean, read the story when you get home if you want to see all the bad things. Like over and over, just one after another. And he says, God's still blessed. Yeah. It's still about his name. Yeah. It's still, listen, I, I don't, the point is, I don't want you to go through this to figure out if you're a good Christian or not. I want you to go through this as things are going well. Yeah. I don't want you to get built up when things are going bad. I want you to get built up now. Because if you can't bless God now, you won't bless God then. Amen. That's just your excuse to step out on God. Yeah. I don't want us to do that. One of the reasons Job could bless God is because he realized he did not deserve anything so that anything he had was more than he deserved. That's our problem, right? God, how can you do this to me? You're frail. Your humanity, we're sinful flesh. I heard someone say one time, like, look, I'm a rich man. And he's, his, his reasoning was, a rich man has all that he wants and I have everything I need and I want. And then lastly, he said, he was godly in all of his instances. Look at verse 22. Are you ready? In all of this, Job sinned not. He didn't say anything dishonoring to God, and he didn't do anything dishonoring to God. You know, it's sad to say sometimes when problems come, people use that as an excuse or because of where they're at in their life, and they go out and do some crazy things. Crazy things. And not only do they make the situation worse, they sever their relationship with God instead of allowing this. When people quit because of problems, there's usually one of two reasons. They've lost their focus on God or they've turned the focus on self. Nor, char nor charge God foolishly. Didn't say he did not blame it on God. I'll give you the story and I'll be done. A lot of times when bad things come, we do blame it on God. I don't even know why. I saw, uh, 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 there was, I saw a clip from a show. It was like 30 years ago. I know it was 30 years ago, but I remember it to this day. It was one of these idiotic talk shows. And 
there was two preachers on there and they were interviewing them. Of course, they were interviewing them to attack one of the preachers. One of the pastor was there was a former pastor who now said he was an atheist. First of all, if you were an atheist, you were never a Christian. Are you with me? You cannot go from being a Christian to an atheist. Let me just explain that. That's like me being married to my wife and leaving her. It's worse than that. It's like saying she never existed. Are you with me? If you have a relationship with God, you may walk away from him, but you didn't say he never existed. Anyhow, that's a story of another day. So this former pastor was an atheist, and it was him and this talk show host going after this, this solid pastor. And they're going back and forth. And this guy's talking about, your God's this, and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know where it came from. And this pastor just out of the blue said, wait a minute. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. To the, other, to the atheist pastor, he goes, how are you and your wife doing? Have you guys had issues? Oh, we split up and divorced a, a couple years ago. He goes, oh. And he said, she did something. And then he asked a second question, which put it all in perspective. He goes, was that what caused you to turn away from God? And the guy goes, well, yeah. That was it. Now, he never had a relationship with God. But he was blaming it on something that happened in his life. We do that all the time. Can I just tell you something? What is the point? If things are going well in your life, thank God for it, but don't trust in the good things that are happening. Trust in the God who is allowing the good things. And if you're making it through a hard time now, hang in there. It's a sign that you trusted God at the right time and God's doing something in your life. And you can get through this. By the way, let me just say, that's why you have a church family. When you, I've, I've went through difficult times in my life and I always thought, I am so glad I have a church family to pray for me. I am so glad. I've went through a couple things and some health issues and, and you know, people coming by my house. I'm like, I'm glad I have a church family. Okay? Now they came by to get dinner. They didn't bring stuff. But just kidding. It's just be thankful. You can make it. And God is a part of your life. Let's be like Job. And you know, that confused Satan. Satan's like, what's going on here? Well, because everything God said about Job was true, and Job wasn't just doing it because of what he got. He was doing it because he really did love God. Do you really love him? It'll be seen as you go forward in life. Let's bow our head and close our eyes for a minute. Thank you for listening. No, we had some extra things go on in the service. We're a little bit later, but this is important. This is important. I hope everything's good in your life. I do. And you know what I want for the folks in this church? I want God's blessing on your life. I want you to experience everything there is that's good about God. But don't fall into this trap that thinking that things are only good with God if things are good in my life. Because sometimes you're going to have troubles. And whether or not you get through those troubles is going to depend on who are you trusting in when the good times are going. And sometimes I get it. I'm not trying to be too simplistic where we don't have struggles. But there are people here that will pray and love and help you if you want that. We're we're a church family. We're, we're, We're your brothers and sisters in Christ. Get some help. Get some encouragement. Get some prayer. Don't give up on God. If you're here this morning, let me say this. If you're not a Christian and you don't know God, I can tell you right now, he's good. I never regret 
the day I trusted Christ. I never forget the day I gave my life to serve him. I just, I'll never forget it. It's the best decision I ever made. It took me from a troubled path to an incredible path. I have zero regrets in my life. I wouldn't change a thing. Here's the question. If you were to die today, are you 100% for sure that if you were to die today, that you would go to heaven or do you have some doubt? You can get that settled today. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if that's you, if you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not 100% for sure. If I were to die today, I'd go to heaven. But that's something I'd like to know. Pastor, would you pray for me? Just raise your hand and let me pray for you. Anybody like that, if I see it? Anybody at all? Right here? Yes, sir. Let's stand together. We will pray for you. Let's stand together. Did God speak to you today? You say, Pastor, life's good. Then strengthen your faith. Pastor, I've, I've went through things before, and I got through it because of my trust in God. Maybe God wants you to encourage somebody that's going through a problem. Let's keep our faith in God strong. Maybe you're going through a problem. Ask God to teach you the things he wants you to teach. Ask him for his wisdom. Get the prayer and help and support that you need. The piano's going to play if God spoke to you. Why don't you come? Why don't you come?